Good morning, Lakeview Church. Welcome to Global Engagement Sunday. You've already heard that, but just want to extend my welcome to you as well. And for those of you who are here in the room and those of you who are joining us online who are one of our local partners or missionaries, just want to say a special, special welcome to you. We are so glad that you are here with us today. And for those of you particularly who are joining online right now, if you are a missionary or one of our local partners, would love to just ask that you would put your name and the agency that you serve with, and if you can, can let us know where you serve. That's going to help us a little bit later in the service as we move into a time of prayer. Our online audience will be praying specifically for you. So we would encourage you to do that uh, as we're getting into the message this morning. So thanks for doing that. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is a powerful uh, verse of scripture. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is after his resurrection, but before his ascension. So this is before he goes back to be with the Father, and he says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Now, I don't know if you notice what's happening here in these verses, but Jesus is talking to his disciples, not just about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let there be light, this, this side said, Amen. They just got a revelation from the Lord as I was talking right there. That was beautiful. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, there's a progression in these verses if you didn't notice it. Jesus is talking to his disciples not just about the coming of the Holy Spirit, but about their purpose and their method. Their purpose and their method. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. That's their purpose. But then what's the method? Their method is to start in Jerusalem. The people he's speaking to live in Jerusalem. Jesus is saying, start where you live, here, and then go to places that are near Judea and Samaria, and then go to the ends of the earth, places that are far away and places, some of which might be very difficult or hard to take the gospel to, go there as well so that the mission of God goes from here where you live to everywhere until every nation, every tribe, and every tongue knows who Jesus is and has repeated opportunities to respond to his good news. This is the mission of Jesus, and this is, by default, the mission of the church. Now, Lakeview Wesleyan Church was founded in 1960, and, and one of the things that has been part of this church since its inception is this core belief that we are called to take the message of God from here, where we live, where God has placed this church, to everywhere. That's part of who we are as a church. It's kind of written into our DNA. This is how we have existed, and as long as I'm your pastor, it's how we will continue to exist. We have been a church that has been focused on reaching our community. Pastor Cockrell, one of the things that was really important to him was going out into this community and finding people who were far from God and bringing them into the church where they would have opportunities to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have opportunities to respond and have their lives changed by his grace. And he would go out and knock on doors as legend has it. 
He made a commitment early in his days here that he would call on 100 homes every week. And as again, as legend has it, I've not been able to independently confirm this is true, but I have heard that on Saturday night he would be out trying to get to home 100 to bring people in so that they could hear the gospel. There was a commitment that was just designed into this church to say, we are here to reach this community, our Jerusalem. But as we were doing that, it wasn't to the exclusion of the rest of God's mission. We were gonna reach our here, but we were also gonna extend beyond that to reach near to look outside of this local community and say, where is God asking us to go? And what is God asking us to do? Are there agencies or, or uh, organizations or missionaries that we could send from this place to other places? Are there places and, and groups that we could partner with to say, we're gonna reach into that place that we don't live in, but we're gonna help send people there so those places can be reached as well. And some of those places would be closer to us. You could get there, you know, with a short flight in a few hours. Some of those places might be really, really far away that might take a longer flight to get there. But we were committed not just to reaching here, but reaching to everywhere. I just want to let you know, as we're moving into this new vision that God has been giving us over this last year, that I am aware of the fact that we look back to our past and we see a great and godly heritage that has been handed to us. Whenever you receive a heritage from those who have come before you, you have a decision to make. You can just enjoy that, celebrate that, look back on that with fondness and with nostalgia and praise God for those people and then just, let it die. Or you can take the heritage you've received from those who have come before you and you can be faithful with it today and moving forward so that you turn the heritage that you have received into a legacy that you give to those who are coming behind you. And I just want to let you know that as we move into this new season, this new vision that God is giving us as a church, we are not going to let the heritage that we have received die on the vine. As long as I'm your pastor, we're going to take the heritage we've received and we are going to turn it into a legacy that we leave behind for those who will come after us so that they can carry the work on even further than us. That is the way the church is designed to work. This is why when churches age, if they don't reach the next generation, the, it will die. And churches die all over the world all the time. Local churches, the church never dies. But churches die because they don't pass on the heritage. They don't turn it into a legacy. And we, as God's people, have to be committed in this day and in this time to say, we're not just going to look back and say, isn't that great? We're going to say, isn't that great? Now, what does it mean for us to be faithful as we're moving forward? That's why we have Global Engagement Sunday like this. These are Sundays that we have at various points in the year where we just remind ourselves. We just remind ourselves of this global mission of God, that God has called us to engage in his mission here where we live. We are called to reach our community. 
We are the missions department of this community. God, God looks down at his church and he says, those are the missionaries, the everyday missionaries that I've placed in that community to carry the gospel out into this city, into this community for the kingdom of God. That's our job and we must fulfill that. But at the very same time, we must always be looking to those places that are near our Judea and our Samaria and to the ends of the earth from here to everywhere. This is our calling. As we move into this season of revealing a new vision, which God has been giving us over this last year, it's important for you to know that we believe that the kingdom of God is called to be expanded. That the church's job is to actually expand the influence of God's kingdom from here to everywhere, which is why, as a church, we will be a church that raises up and sends out leaders and missionaries here and around the world. We will be a church that multiplies new campuses in this community and in, in the surrounding region. We will be a church that plants new congregations in the United States and around the world. And we will be a church that is engaged in the global mission of God, not just with the giving of our dollars, because we're not just interested in, in engaging in missions like we do in, with environmental credits. You know what environmental credits are? That's what your company does. They, they, they pay money to plant trees in one place so they can pollute in another. That's an environmental credit. We don't, we don't approach missions that way where we give dollars to do missions somewhere else so we don't have to do mission here. No, it's always here to everywhere, all at the same time. It's a global mission. When God looks at the world, he sees the whole thing and he wants to reach the whole thing and he calls his church to be a part of that. And here at Lakeview, we're gonna do that. We are going to do that. A few of you are with me, and I'm thankful for the three of you. Here at Lakeview, we are going to be involved in the global mission of God. And the church said, amen. 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 Which brings me to the verses that my brother read just a little bit ago. In these verses, Jesus is giving two pictures, which I think communicate Basically one principle that kind of sits underneath what I just shared with you. This is the why behind what I was just sharing. Why, why would we take the message of the kingdom from here to everywhere? Well, it's because this is the way the kingdom is designed to work. And these two pictures illustrate it. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, it's like a mustard seed. And mustard seeds are the smallest of all seeds, Jesus says. And, but when you plant them in the garden, these little tiny seeds would seem insignificant and small and meaningless. Like there's nothing that could be done with this little seed. When you plant it in the ground, what happens is not just a little plant that grows up. It's actually a tree. And the tree actually puts down roots that don't just go down a little bit. They actually stretch throughout the whole garden. And then this tree grows up and it grows up to be substantial. Substantial enough that birds can come and build a nest in it. Jesus said the kingdom is like that. Starts out really small, really insignificant. Seems like it can't really change much. But when you plant it, 
It puts down these amazing roots that keep reaching out and expanding. And it grows up and becomes something substantial and beneficial and helpful for the world. Then he goes on to a second picture. He says, the kingdom of heaven, it's like leaven or yeast. And I like the way Jesus says it. He says, it's like yeast that gets hidden inside a lump of dough. Now, I didn't really understand this picture of Jesus until several years ago, I decided to kick our weekly family night up a notch. We've had a weekly family night for the last couple of decades uh, since Sean was about one and started asking for it. Can we have a family night? He really didn't at one, but we decided that we wanted to build this into the routine of our family, which by the way, for those of you who are families, this is a good practice. Life gets busy, you fill your schedule with all kinds of stuff, but to just take one night, at least one night a week that you just spend together as a family. And you can do all kinds of different things, but we decided that on our weekly family night, we were going to have pizza. So I don't know how many pizzas that is over 20 years, but it's a lot. And we've had lots of different kinds of pizza. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. But a few years back, we decided to kick it up a notch and I decided to start making pizza from scratch. So I would start in the afternoon uh, of our family night day and I would actually begin making the dough. And I didn't know anything about how to make dough. I'd never made dough in my life. That's what Papa John's is for. And so I had, to, I had to figure this out. So I found a recipe to make dough from scratch. And, and it seemed simple enough. Flour, warm water, some olive oil, some salt, and yeast. And the first thing in the recipe, the very first step said, proof the yeast. I don't know anything what that means. So I did what any sane person would do. I looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> the way that you proof yeast is you take a, a bowl of warm water and you put the yeast inside of the water and then you take a little bit of sugar and sprinkle that over the yeast and then you give it a quick stir and you let it sit there. Now the instructions that I read on YouTube said you wait five to eight minutes. And if the yeast is alive, I'm thinking what are we getting ready to eat here? If the yeast is alive, the water will become frothy. It'll, it'll have a foam to it. I thought, I got to see this. So I got my warm bowl of water. I put the yeast in the bowl. I put some sugar on top, gave it the stir, and set it there. And I set a timer. And then I did not move my eyes from the bowl. I thought, I got to see how this works. And for about five minutes, nothing happened. I started thinking maybe my yeast is dead. <laughs> and then one little grain of yeast exploded. And it started to expand and multiply. And then another one. And then another one. And then there was a moment where it just seemed like it all exploded and started to multiply and expand. 
And then you couldn't even see the bottom of the bowl because of this foam, this froth that had formed on top from all of the activity inside of this bowl. This means the yeast is alive and it's active. And when you have that, then you just put it in the dough and mix it up. And you knead the dough and you make sure that it's inside of the dough. And then you put the dough in a bowl and you just let it sit there for a long time. Now, here's the interesting thing about yeast. You put it inside of the dough and you let it sit there. If you needed to extract the yeast from the dough, you can't. You know why? You can't find it. It's hidden inside of the dough. You can't pull it back out once you put it in. It's just there. It's alive and it's active, but you can't quite see it. In fact, you can't see it at all. And yet, if you just let the dough sit there for an hour or two, what will happen is the entire lump of dough is transformed. It becomes something different and better. It becomes pizza. Jesus said the kingdom is like that. You can't always see it. You take the kingdom of God into your workplace. Maybe you're a public school teacher and you can't go into your classroom and just open up the Bible and start teaching the scriptures. But you take the kingdom with you when you go to that classroom And while you may not be able to open your Bible and teach your students, there's no law that keeps you from praying for them. They might have said you can't pray in a public school, but they didn't tell public school teachers that you couldn't pray faithfully for each one of your students by name. And the way you treat your students and the way that you interact with them, the way that you encourage them and challenge them and call them to be better people and good citizens in our world. You are participating in helping them become the kind of people they're supposed to be. And and it might seem like the kingdom's hidden somewhere in there, like you can't even see it. And yet, if you're just faithful to be the light of Christ in that environment, you might have a moment. Where a student says, Mr. Huff, what's different about you? And in that moment, Josh gets to say, let me tell you. That's how the kingdom works. It's hidden. But that doesn't mean it's not influential. You can't always see the yeast that's working inside of the dough, but it's working. Two or three lessons, I think, come out of these two pictures, and I'll go fast. The first one, it's just really, really, really important for us to know that the message of the kingdom is alive and active. We actually don't have to proof that. It's just alive because it comes from the one who is life. 
And so the message of the kingdom is alive and it is active. And if we let the kingdom, the message of the kingdom be planted in our lives, it will change us. It, It just does. And if we let the message of the kingdom be carried forth from our lives into the community and into the world where we go, that message of the kingdom will transform others through us. That's just the way the kingdom is. It's alive and it's active. Second, not only is it alive and active, but it's important for us to let it do its work. Now, at the risk of mixing metaphors, or more correctly, mixing parables, remember what we said last week, that we have to be good soil. And if we're good soil, the message of the kingdom, like a seed, can be planted deep in our souls. And when that happens, it will produce the fruit of character. We will be changed. We will become more like Jesus. And if we let that seed grow up into maturity, it will produce not only the fruit of character, but it will also produce the fruit of disciple-making. Other people will be drawn to Jesus through the work of the kingdom in our lives. I say that to remind us of last week, but also to make this point, that while we can be good soil that lets the work of the kingdom flourish, we can also be bad soil that stifles the work of the kingdom. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems like our world is not doing so well. And I don't know if you've had this thought of like, is, does, this, does this whole Christianity thing, does it even matter? Does it make a difference? Does it really change the world? I mean, there are churches all over the United States of America, and yet what is happening in America is we're becoming more and more secular, more and more separated from the message of the gospel. And so you have to ask yourself, well, if we've got all these churches, does it work? I just want to remind you, the message of the kingdom is alive and active. Which means... We need to examine the soil. Because if the church of Jesus Christ across the United States is not good soil, it actually doesn't matter how good or alive the seed is. This is why in the scriptures it says judgment always begins, not out there in the world. It always begins at the house of God. If we want a world to be transformed, if we want, if we want to hear, see our land healed, which by the way, that song is an amazing song of prayer. But if we want to see that, it doesn't begin by pointing out at the world and saying, get your act together begins right here in the church saying, can we be good soil so that the message of the kingdom, which is alive and active, can actually be planted in good soil and do its work. Third thing from this passage, if we let the message of the kingdom, which is alive and active, be planted in us and let it do its work, we will become agents of transformation. 
It will happen. We will have the fruit of character. We will be changed. We will become more like Jesus. And we will go out into the world and people will see Jesus in us. But it must be more than that. People say ridiculous things like, I will preach the gospel and if necessary, I will use words. That's a ridiculous idea because the gospel always requires the use of words. At least that's what the book of Romans says. Yes, you should live out the gospel in front of a watching world. You must do that. Because if you're not living it out, whenever you open your mouth, they will say, you don't live what you talk. But if you live it out and never talk it, people cannot believe unless they hear, and they cannot hear unless someone proclaims. And the gospel cannot be proclaimed unless someone is sent. How blessed are those who carry the gospel to the world. This is the way it works. We have to let God work in us to make us like Jesus so that we have credibility. But then we have to open our mouths and share the good news of Jesus. And that's something each and every one of us must do. Now, we are not in a house of government. You know how at the end of a speech, someone will say, I want, I want to yield my time, remaining time to so-and-so. Well, I'm out of time. Where's Alan Schrantz at? There he is right there. I'm out of time, Alan. Alan reminded me last week, hey, you were in the red. So, Alan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take some time from somebody. Whoever's got time, you're yielding it to me right now. <laughs> Pastor Jessica's going to come in just a couple of minutes to lead us in prayer, but I want to take just a pastoral moment, if I can. And I just want to share from my heart. I just want to talk to Lakeview Church as your pastor today. Late in 2018, I was privileged to be a part of a planning meeting that was held over here in the fireside room. I say privileged to be a part because I didn't have any part to play except to sit in the back and observe what was happening. Dr. Gorvet was leading that meeting, our district superintendent, and uh, I was just kind of back there just to, just to observe and be helpful to him. Didn't have any official part to play, and I sat through that meeting and after the meeting was over that weekend, went back to my life and uh, was kind of continuing my responsibilities in the district office a couple of weeks after that, late in 2018. I was praying one morning and I just got a prompting from the Lord. I don't know how else to say it. And the prompting was to pray for Lakeview Church. Not just in that moment, but to really pray for Lakeview consistently and regularly in the weeks and months ahead. I did not have any sense from the Lord as to how long I was to fulfill that commitment, but I was so impressed by the Lord to do this that I started praying for Lakeview Church every single day. That was some 850 plus days ago. There has not been more than a day or two that has gone by that I have not prayed for this church the last 850 days of my life. 
Now, at various points in that journey, I kept thinking to myself, oh, I know why God wanted me to pray. For example, Pastor Tim got sick with cancer. I thought, this is why. And then my friend Lenny became the interim pastor. And I thought, that, now I understand. Pastor Tim passed away, and God was just helping me just be invested in this church. And then Lenny was the interim pastor, and then... I don't know, a few months after that, you guys were starting your search process. I was aware of it in the district office. And one morning I was praying and the Lord said, I want you to be the pastor of that church. Now, in a moment of complete transparency this morning, I'll tell you what I said to the Lord. I said, that's funny. But seriously, Lord, and he just kept bringing it back to mind over and over and over again. I told the Lord pretty close after that kind of became clear to me that that was what God wanted from me, what I sensed he wanted from me, that I was willing to do it, but I needed someone outside of myself to invite me to apply for the job. I did not feel that it was fair to this church to use my position in the district office to put my resume forward. So I didn't even tell Dr. Gorvet of the conversations I was having with the Lord. I told no one. I didn't even tell my wife. And I just kept saying, Lord, if you want me to do that, you gotta open the door. You gotta open the door. You guys were ready to start interviews and no door had been opened, so I literally prayed one morning. Lord, it seems like I'm off the hook. <laughs> and that afternoon, Bob Birchall reached out to me and said, we would like you to consider applying to be the pastor of our church. As I have prayed for Lakeview these 850 plus days and over this last year, it's been almost a full year now that I've been serving here as your pastor. There are some pictures that come to mind when I pray for our church. Can I share three or four of them just very quickly with you? First and foremost, what I see is a picture of a congregation that must be, if we're serious about doing anything meaningful for God, we must be full of spiritual fervency. Like the deer pants for the water, the psalmist says, so my soul longs after you. And Jesus said, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. If we want to see God move in and through us, we must have a hunger and a thirst and a longing for the move of God. And if we don't have that, it doesn't matter what else we do. It starts there. Secondly, the picture I see is a church that is really serious about becoming like Jesus. Not just saying we're Christians, but being what John Wesley called real Christians. Real Christians who are so sold out to Jesus that he is the number one priority in your life. He is the one that defines your identity 
He is the one that tells you who you are and what you're supposed to do. And you are committed to doing whatever it requires to become just like him in thought, in word, in deed, in every part of who you are. That's why we as a church are working to build a discipleship path that will help every person in our congregation from the earliest person in the faith to the most mature to become worshipers who love God with everything they are, who become learners, who are devoted to the scriptures, who understand the theology of the faith so that we're not tossed back and forth by every idea that culture throws at us, but we are rooted and grounded in the things of God. And we know the practices of the faith so that we can feed ourselves. Let it never be spoken by anybody in our church that you're not getting fed. If you're not getting fed, it's because you're not mature. Mature people know how to feed themselves. And we will help you learn how to feed yourself as a disciple because that's what it means to be like Jesus. And we don't need somebody to give us a bottle so that we can have something to eat. No, we know how to pull ourselves up to the table of God's word and open it for ourselves and feed on the living word of God. We must be that kind of church. And I pray for that when I pray for us. I pray for us to be a church that transforms its community. God wants this world to become different and better. When he created it, he said, it's very good. And the work that he has been doing since we allowed sin to enter into this world through the fall, God has been working to redeem humanity and restore this world to what he created it to be. As the scriptures say, he is making all things new. I pray for us to be a church that transforms its community, that we would be like yeast mixed into the community in schools and in work environments, in nursing homes and in neighborhoods, in farms and at the bank and in businesses and on our street where we live. Everywhere we go, we would be just like, like the hidden kingdom of God, making it different and better for the glory of God. I pray for that, and I pray for us to be a church where the kingdom of God is multiplied through our work from here to everywhere. I pray for people to be called to ministry. I pray for people to be called to the mission field from our church. I pray for us to have campuses all around Grant County so that in every little town that's a part of Grant County and in every part of Marion, we would have little local hubs where incarnational and missional ministry is happening to reach the neighborhood because if every neighborhood became different and better, our whole city would become different and better and it would stretch across our county and God's glory would come here. That's what I want to see and I pray for that. And I pray for us to give dollars, more dollars. You filled out your cards, throw that card away and fill out another one because we need more dollars than you were prepared to give so that we can send more money into the mission field, not to buy environmental credits, but so that the work of God can be carried into places where it doesn't yet exist. And like yeast, the kingdom of God can begin to influence the whole globe for his glory and for his honor. 
We need dollars to be raised so that we can send missions teams. We want to be sending a couple of missions teams every year. Shoot, I hope someday it's 10 or 12 a year that we've got missions teams leaving every month to go somewhere around the world to come up next to one of our missionaries that we are already partnered with, whether that's near or whether that's in a place that's far or even in some places that's hard. We want to send missions teams out there so that with our own eyes we can see the mission field that we support. And with our own hands and feet and mouth, we can serve in that context and come back to this church and tell the stories of what God is doing and see this church again become a place where the kingdom of God is being expanded and multiplied and sent all around the world. That's what I pray for. We are like a bowl of active and alive yeast. But you got to take that yeast and you got to put it in the dough. You see, if you keep the yeast all to itself, it doesn't do anything. You just got a bowl of froth. But when you put it inside the dough and you send it out, and you put it out there, hidden, in every part of our culture, in every part of our community, in every nation of the world, you just put it out there. The message of the kingdom goes from here to everywhere. This is what we are called to, Lakeview Church. This is, this is what God is asking us to be, and this is what God is asking us to do. So I'm going to yield the time that I do not have left to Pastor Jessica. She's going to come and lead us in a time of prayer. And as we pray, I want you to think about mustard seeds and yeast. And let that image carry our prayers as we pray for our local partners and our missionaries that are in this room and some who are joining us online that this work would go from here to everywhere. So Pastor Jessica, please come lead us in the time of prayer.